right. Uh, we have our special guest with us, Dan Wade. Dan is a civil engineer, um, also the host of the uh, Wheel of Randy podcast, which is the only Randy Newman themed podcast um, that I will endorse. Spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. Spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy. Folks, we have Patrick Bates Brennan here today. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Dan. How are you? Good. Patrick is our man in Portugal, and <laughs> everyone needs one of those. Uh, I, I've got to ask, how, how did you end up in Portugal? What's the story there? Uh, you know, it's not much of a story. I mean, I, I, um, <laughs> I yeah, that's really not. I've, uh, I've, I've always, well, not always. I've, in the last 10 years or so, kind of worked remotely. Uh, I think it was my wife's kind of harebrained idea to tr- to try something a little different. Um, and, you know, I worked for a company that had been with for quite a long time. So they, they trusted me and things like that. I um, I work U.S. hours. So, yeah, we just we came over here to try it. We were, we were actually going to oddly enough, we we're going to move to Berlin first, I think. And then that was like it was really hard, really difficult to get a visa. We missed like school cutoffs for my kid and things like that. So. She kind of, we'd sort of done the, the the mental work of like, you know, pulling up stakes and completely dropping a bomb on her life. Uh-huh. So, so uh, she like looked, she, I think she basically Googled like, what's the easiest European country to get a visa in and Portugal was it, man. So we, we came over completely sight unseen. I, I'd never been here before. So wow. now it's been three years. So Fantastic. You, uh, are, are you there for good? You think you're going to stick around a few years? What's, oh, what's I don't know. I don't know. Like, you know, pandemic times are a funny thing, right? It's like, sure. I sort of don't believe in making long-term plans um, anymore. I think we're, we're keeping it flexible, keeping it loose kind of. Yep. So. Where are you from originally? I'm from Connecticut originally. I'm ah. a New England boy. So when you said you were getting snow, I was like, I was kind of jealous. I haven't seen snow in a while. Yeah, this is we we usually get one a year, and we love uh-huh. February snow because February snow is great for the wheat crop. Ah, there you it, go. It just kind of soaks in slowly, and the the wheat loves it. I'm talking like I'm a wheat farmer. Yeah, Come well, no, that's cool. <laughs> well, let me ask you. So, like, is is in Oklahoma? Is it that thing where because I guess it's a place that doesn't get like a ton of snow, right? Like when it does snow, like three four inches or whatever, is everything shuts down or what? Oh yeah, I we shut down yesterday before we even got any snow. Yeah, um, yeah. Just because uh, because more often than not, when we get a snow, it starts with with half an inch of freezing rain. Sure, uh, that's and gross. we lose power, and yeah, it's it's nasty. But yeah, you know, it, it's the kind of thing I'd say fifty percent of Oklahoma drivers can handle it, and fifty percent okay. can't, and that's yeah. that's too big a ratio. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I am all for shutting things down. And really, yeah. where do people need to go today? That's true. Well, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm like a, har- a hardened New England. The only place I lived, well, before Portugal, other than the, the Northeast in the United States, was uh, South Bend, Indiana, where I went to college. And that is possibly even, well, not possibly, it is a snowier place than uh, the Northeast. So, yeah. way I feel like I've sort of done my time with the snow. You know what I mean? Like, I, I might be over it. <laughs> Well, it, it looks very pretty now, but I had to shovel half an hour ago, and so now yeah. I'm sick of it. So yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, um, okay, so Portugal. Uh, I I don't know a whole lot uh, other than just a couple of uh, travel shows. Um, 
but I, I guess the main thing that I'm curious about is is almost everything I know, you know Portuguese wise is Brazilian. Is is there a yeah. big Brazilian back and forth, or is there a good cultural interaction between? Yeah, I mean, so like I, I take this with a grain. By no means an expert, you know, completely an outsider to 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 both cultures, I guess. But um, yeah, my so there are quite a lot of Brazilian folks here. You know, Brazil, of course, was a Portuguese colony. Um, so the, the relationship, though friendlier than you would think maybe, um, uh, would be typical of like a colonized colonizer. It does seem to still be like somewhat fraught, you know, uh, but no, there, there's, there's quite a lot of Brazilian people here. Um, um, interestingly enough, Brazilian Portuguese is like so much easier on the ear to, to in, in my opinion, anyway, than oh, European really? Portuguese. Yeah, it's different. It's like, you know, it's, and I'm, I'm certainly no linguist, but to my ear, it's like, it's more like Spanish or Italian, something that your ear kind of wants to get around. Whereas European Portuguese, and I hope, I hope you, I hope I'm your only listener in Portugal. You are my only listener yeah. in Portugal. It's okay. official. So nobody will get mad at me. But, uh, but to my, to my ear, it, European Portuguese is like, like a, maybe like a Russian person with like a, like brain trauma kind of trying to speak Spanish. <laughs> It's like, it's guttural and kind of like, I mean, I've, it sounds better to me now. I've been here three years now and like I've, I've gotten a little over the hump. I can, I can order food in a restaurant. I can, um, you know, I can, I can ask for help in desperate situations, but like take me to the doctor. It's, I, I'm totally useless. You know what I mean? Like it's my Portuguese is context dependent. Sure. Sure. Uh, let's see. Um, Tell me about young writers. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, the, my imaginary group. Yeah, so, <laughs> I wouldn't call it imaginary. You're, yeah, you're, there you go. You're on well, band no. camp. You're legit. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I, I did some time, like in I used to before moving to Portugal. Um, I lived in Philadelphia and before Philadelphia, I lived in uh, Brooklyn, New York. And, um, when I lived in Brooklyn for, you know, 10, 12 years or something like that, I was, I was in bands, um, the entire time, none, none that really got too far out of the garage. Although I was lucky enough to, to play in a couple of other people's bands, um, that were like great heroes of mine. Um, uh, but anyway, I would, I would record demos by myself, and like label it young writers. I like thought that was a funny name back then. Um, and now like during pandemic times, during the lockdown, I was like, okay, like maybe I should actually get to recording some of the things that I've been kind of kicking around for the last couple of years. Um, and I ended up doing that. And I, you know, I'm the worst at band names. I mean, as evidenced by the fact that my group is called young writers, but, but, but it seemed funny to me because like, I'm, I'm rapidly advancing in age. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, like right, I'm not right, right. certainly not certainly not young anymore. Um, and it also, I don't know. It's, it's well, it, it, if Mike Love can go around calling himself a beach boy, then I think mm-hmm. you can get away with young riders. Oh man, I we should have. We, if you want to start a podcast about Mike Love uh, hate, um, I would <laughs> happily be your man in Portugal. There, that that dude is like the arch villain of rock and roll, you know, he really is such a <laughs> terrible yeah. human being. Major douche. Yeah. Sure. I, I heard a story once he, he went into this record store and, and went to the, the beach boys section and got some, you know, gas station compilation. And he went up to the clerk and said, do you have any rare beach boys records? 
And they said no. And then he signed it and said, now you do. Oh, <laughs> I hate that. Yeah. I, you know, like I, I can't like my um, Mike Love uh, acrimony runs so deep that like, you know, I even dislike his nephew, Kevin Love, the, the basketball player. Well, I'll yeah, that, that, that is yeah. an easy stretch. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, maybe he's maybe he's a nice guy. I don't know. But he, I can't imagine him being a nice guy, you know? Uh, yeah, not when he's the, that guy. That's. Uh, the the nice thing about Kevin Love is we now have a direct link between uh, the NBA and Charles Manson. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Beautiful. I got, I love the NBA. Oh, I don't love Charles Manson though. Let's be clear about that. <laughs> but uh, no, but so, yeah. So, so young writers, it's, it's um, that's my music project uh, made a record uh, a couple of years ago at this point called Obrigado, which uh, is means thank you in Portuguese. Uh-huh. It's, at the time was the only word I really knew how to say um, other than desculpa, which means sorry. I say that a lot uh, because <laughs> I constantly apologizing for not knowing how to say other things. But, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I just, I, we lived in this apartment in Lisbon. Um, I had a little shed out back and um, you know, just like set up some gear and uh, I had some, some very talented friends kind of record some parts remotely and, and was able to use those too. And yeah, it was really great. I mean, I working on some new stuff now, um, hopefully get that finished up sooner rather than later, but, um, but yeah, Fantastic. maybe someday we'll play shows. God, I like, it's funny. Somebody was, um, somebody asked me, um, you know, like, Oh, like what, you know, it was one of the many times where things started to seem like maybe they were, heading back to normal before the sort of door would get slammed, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. maybe just post-vaccine rollout and things like that. People were very optimistic. And uh, a friend of mine asked like, oh, like, are you going to try and get a group together and play some shows? And I was like, man, like, I don't even, I don't think I even know these songs. Like I recorded these songs like 30 seconds at a time, you know, by myself. <laughs> like, I'm not even sure that I could like play you one all the way through. So and, it, and it's not it's not like you you know spend your free time listening to it for pleasure once it's out there you know yeah no that would be that would be uh that would be my, that would be like behavior worthy of Mike Love probably. yeah that that's what I was thinking yeah yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but thank you for asking yeah well it's whether whether the shows come out or whether it's just keep making it in the shed you know just you know keep making it man that's <laughs> yeah, that's what cheers. it's all about around here yeah yeah. For sure. So before we get to your Randy song, let, let me ask some of your background on, on your first exposure to Randy and, and what what uh, what sure. what attracted you to him as a, as a either as a songwriter or as a performer. Sure. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was thinking about this, actually, Not, probably the first time I was ever cognizant of, you know, Randy Newman was um, uh, the soundtrack to The Natural, you know, yeah. Like in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, the, when the movie came out. That would have come. I'm not even really sure what you, that early 80s or right mm-hmm. late late 70s early. 80s. Well, either it predate. I was born in 1980, so I in my recollection I was alive when it came out. But my old man is like is and has always been a big fan of uh, movie soundtracks. Like he just oh, like okay. that's like his like I don't I don't know what it is. He likes other stuff too. Like you know he'll he'll get into like a 
a single on the radio and certainly like he's into some classic things, but like he always has like at least one or two like movie soundtracks going like, like I'm trying to like backdraft was like big in our house for a while. Like the backdraft okay. soundtrack. All right. All right. Uh, with, like Bruce Hornsby songs on it. Um, the Road to Perdition, I seem to recall, like seeing that in his car, which is like a more recent one. That's... But anyway, like, the, like, yeah, it's like he's got a thing, right? Uh-huh. So uh, the natural soundtrack certainly was like a big, it was in heavy rotation in our house when I was like a kid. Um, and then like probably didn't hear any like of, of Randy's like, you know, like pop song um, for quite a long time. And then, you know, I, of course, generally aware of him, right? Like, like kind of everybody is because he's, he's though, though perhaps not a household name in the same way as whoever his peers are, the Eagles or Neil Young or whatever. Like, it's funny to say that because I feel like, does he have peers? Yeah, Do you know he, what I mean? he, like, he would laugh at calling Neil Young a yeah, peer probably. I don't even, I don't even know who his peers are. I mean, he like, I, of course, there's that like great line in that one song about like him not having any peers or whatever he's like i'm only kidding or whatever. oh yeah and i want everyone to like me <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but like i i guess i call those guys his peers because like i think he's quoted in the like the neil young biography shaky he has some like um accol- you know he has some some admiration for neil young's songwriting which i, I can't imagine and not that i i mean i love neil young but it's just so different uh and like the eagles are like on his you know, on his record singing background vocals or whatever. So like sure, that, sure. when I grasp it, like who his peers are, like that's all I got really. But anyway, so I, he not, obviously not like the same level of household name, but I was generally aware of, of Randy. Um, and then it, I was on tour. I was playing drums in a couple of different bands um, that were on tour together uh, in like 2007. The bands were uh, the Holy Childhood, which is a, a, a group fronted by, uh, Danny Leo of the New Jersey Leo Ted Leo um, Oh okay uh, dynasty yeah and also I was doing double duty in his brother Chris's band Vague Angels as playing drums for both of those groups on a tour and like we were essentially locked in a van together like it was like you know seven people or something in a van um, in the dead of winter in Europe and anyway so like listen to a lot of music in the van like in these long drives like through the alps and stuff like that and i remember one time danny leo put on music and he put on um it was either good old boys or sail away you know two of the the, the, the classics right or maybe he put on both and i just like suddenly i just like loved this stuff like i don't know what it was like maybe it was kind of seeing it through danny's eyes and hearing him kind of wax enthusiastic about randy newman or maybe it was the oddity that if it be, I don't know if you've heard Danny Leo's music before, but if you go like listen to it on Spotify, you, you'll probably be confused as to like why Danny would be like a big Randy Newman fan. But he, but he was anyway. And to and to and to hear somebody whose taste I respected a lot, um, you know, sort of be enthusiastic about Randy Newman was was certainly you know like I was like okay like I'll, I'll give this give this a shot or whatever, and ended up doing quite a lot of time in that tour van. Um, with Randy listening to those records um, and loved them, you know, and then maybe investigated the rest of the catalog sort of over time. Um, oddly enough, I was thinking about this too. Like my relationship with Randy Newman is so tied up in like fatherhood and like being, being both a dad and a son. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. It's everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like not just because of the lyrical content, like, so of course, like my, I have my old man to thank for 
um, introducing me to the, 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 the um, natural soundtrack. But then like when my son was born in 2012, um, we lived in this tiny little apartment in Greenpoint and, you know, like, I, you know, there's a time in like early babyhood where like, it, like a certain hour, you know, it becomes a certain hour of the day and it's like, okay, like baby's got to, baby's got to go down. Like we gotta, we gotta, we gotta like, gotta quiet everything down. You gotta like turn the lights down low. I'm talking really early days, you know, uh-huh. like Probably my yeah. wife and I were just like, okay, like, and we had like, you know, two, like 700 square foot apartment or something. So everything's gotta get quiet. I, my wife and I didn't talk, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But we would, but we would put on, um, we put on Nilsson Sings Newman uh, and like, I can just remember like rocking him to sleep and like singing, singing along to these um, really beautiful songs. Um, certainly skipped a few, I guess. On that, on that <laughs> Maybe but, but, yeah, yeah. But, but, um, you know, so that, that certainly has something to do with it. And then um, my dad and I kind of connected on Randy Newman again, like over the last couple of years, like huh. I, he, yeah, like he, um, and I've heard you say before, and I love it. Like, heard you say like you didn't you didn't ever introduce your dad to randy newman because of that song old man yeah but yeah but we, we connected on our own way we were both you know big leonard cohen fans and okay we, there was definitely a similar connection there yeah yeah but like so the one that my dad and i feel like have have talked most about is like the is the most recent one is dark matter um i mean what like wandering boy of course mm-hmm. like makes me like that's like a father-son song of course that like will tear your heart out and kick sure. it down yeah. but then my dad loves like um oh, what's the one he loves she chose me or, or not she chose yeah. not the yeah. pop rock not that one no he likes uh the one about oh gosh what's the one where he it's the father whose wife has died or oh yeah um or, or, or she's dying um, yeah that's lost, it lost yeah, without yeah. you Lost without you. There we yeah. go. Yeah, he really likes oh, that one. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good one. And I and I've made him like some playlists of like some classic <laughs> things or whatever. I tried to get him into like the the record um, that the the song we're going to talk about today is from, like Trouble in Paradise. That might be like a little too weird for him or something, or a little <laughs> too like like grading in parts or something. But certainly, yeah, my my dad and I have 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 bonded like again over Randy Newman. So. That's good. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's an easy, uh, it's an easy thing to 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 relate to as a father. You know, yeah. you know, real emotional girl. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> really hits hits me. Um, you know, my my daughters had better luck in relationships than the girl in real emotional <laughs> girl. So it's not like I can really well, that's sing it on her behalf. But that's, yeah, right. that's a good thing. <laughs> but but yeah, he, he's he's got a way of of tugging at the heartstrings in both directions when it comes to, it sure does. to, to yeah. fathers and children. It's, it's so interesting too, because I was thinking about this again today too. Like um, I was thinking about how, you know, his, his kind of like uh, the narrators or singers of his songs or whatever, like most of them or a large portion of them are like these kind of um, like scumbags, right? They're like oh, these yeah. sort of like, they 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 they're they're somewhere on the kind of the continuum from like you know dangerous kind of like um sociopathy and like racism (laughs) all the way through to like kind of a harmless narcissism like that's the vast majority of his songs and i assume like randy's like inhabiting characters right when he does that stuff but then, no. like, when he sings this stuff that, like, punches you straight in the gut, like, I assume, like, that's Randy. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And maybe that's an unfair assumption. Like maybe we sh- I should treat that as characters too. Like, you know, I don't, like it sounds sincere. So it, it feels sincere, but. You know, e- e- everything I've, I've heard and it's all secondhand and, you know, talking to people or, or just hearing interviews, apparently he's the nicest guy. Yeah. So this, maybe this is his, his, his outlet or. Um, maybe. You know, Did it, you hear him over the summer on, um, he, do you listen, have you heard Tim Heidecker's uh, podcast? Uh, yes. Yeah. Do you hear him call into that? He was, Tim was so excited. He was. And I thought Randy was like such a gent, you know, he's like so nice and funny and like seemed interested, you know, like you, like you sort of worry, I guess, that like you can't tell, you know, these like legends anything. Right. And have them like, you just can't tell, you can't tell them any new information or whatever. Like I remember Tim Heidecker, like asked him if he'd heard that super long Dylan song that like murder most foul or whatever. And Randy was like, I haven't heard it. What is it? And he, he was like, you know, it's a 17 minute song about the assassination of JFK. And Randy was like, no shit. Like, it's just, it was really funny. Like he seemed like a great guy. I, I, what was that line? You're one of my favorites. Uh, number one is CNC Music Factory, but you're right <laughs> yeah, up there. Right, right. I like. I was joking with my my dad uh, recently about how Randy had said Tim asked him like, "What's your favorite backstage snack or whatever? Do you like hummus and carrots?" It was a kind of an innocuous question, and Randy was like, "No, man. Like, I like the ch- I like chocolate chip cookies. Have you seen a picture of me? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like it's like I'm a little worried because like." You don't see too many fat eighty-year-olds, you know. Like, <laughs> hilarious. So, oh yeah, he he did an interview with UCLA uh, this last summer. I don't know if you heard that or not, um, mm-hmm. but basically he he had like two credit hours left to get his bachelor's, and so oh, really? basically he struck a deal that he'd do this this uh, symposium and. Uh-huh would get his degree and so it was basically just an hour uh interview over zoom and he couldn't get his camera to work so it was all audio and about 20 minutes in he's like well i gotta go pee and so he just leaves for five minutes that is everything that's everything that i want out of a random interview that's so great and then he he griped about uh he griped about spotify for a while and we did yeah, well, not not in the way that Neil Young does, but in a way that yeah, right, 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 that, right. Uh, I, I clicked on Randy Newman Radio and I didn't recognize anything on it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, he he's hilarious. It's, it's always like jarring to me when he gives opinions on like contemporary music or or whatever. Like I've read in a couple interviews, he says he likes Kanye West, and I'm like, huh. no way. Like really, like. Not that I, not that Kanye has some like awesome songs and records and things like that, but does Randy like listen to Kanye West? Is that possible? I don't know. I can see him doing doing a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, even something like Masterman and Baby J, he knows enough Run DMC to make a, a decent reference there. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. <laughs> or may, maybe his kids are are, are are keeping him updated. Maybe I don't know. that could be. Yeah. That could be. He, doesn't he have a child or two in the music business or something? Uh, like, yeah, he he's a, a soundtrack producer or something along those lines. Oh, cool. He's, uh-huh. he's in the business. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Okay, well, let's talk about the song that you brought. You've hinted that it's Trouble in Paradise. So what yeah. song are we talking today? Uh, the song is Miami. Okay. Folks, take a minute and listen to Miami off of Trouble in Paradise, and we will be right back. 
Knock, knock. <laughs> Who's there? America. America. All right. So be- before we talk about Miami, I, I-, I want to talk more generally about this album. Because um, this is, is, is one of my favorites. And this is almost as close to a, a concept album as we get because it seems like every song in here reflects this theme of trouble in paradise. Very mm-hmm. cheerful songs with either some menace or some, some depression hung in there. Um, uh, you mentioned, you know, I, what, what did we talk about off of this one? I, just what, whether it's I Love LA or, 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 um, you know, take me back. There, there's just this. There, there's this undercurrent of of dread in some of these songs. Absolutely, absolutely. And I feel like it's exacerbated by the the production. You know what I mean? Of the record, like it's um, it's very like it's a very bright sounding record, like B R I T E. You know? Yeah. Um, I think he. You know, I don't think Randy was like. I'd be surprised if he was like trying to. Um, to i don't know use a palette of sounds that would like i think he was just trying to sound contemporary do you know what i mean like he's using whatever synthesizers were like uh used at the moment or something but now there's this kind of like it to me it sort of amplifies the, the menace of everything do you know what i mean how so well i just mean like when you juxtapose it's almost like this that kind of steely dan thing like when you juxtapose kind of dark lyrics against these sort of like brighter textures yeah, me, yeah, there's yeah. like a kind of like there's sort of like a like it's kind of like coked out kind of mania to it. Do you know what I mean? That like, you know, I'm not I'm not suggesting that Randy ever like struggled with um, the booger sugar or whatever, but I, but it does, <laughs> but it it does kind of have that like I don't know. It's a little and talk about like the narrators on this one. Like they really maybe with the exception of real emotional girl, um, they really do kind of run that gamut. Right. Yeah. Like the sort of like, the, the sort of like there's this sort of like dangerous um, sociopath or like or, or racist on one end. And then like and that would be in, in you know, Christmas in Cape Town or something like that. Or in my case. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Or but then like on the other end, you have, you know, sort of like a like a I picture that guy is like a sort of a bumbling, like no self-awareness, but kind of like narcissistic person. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe harmless, but also kind of twisted in a way. And, and I think I, I think what really makes that song is uh, is using goddamn. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it, it, gosh it, darn. It, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. It's so shocking that that the background singers. Do I love gosh that so darn much. Instead, I, I, Dan, I love I love that kind of stuff. Like I love that so much. Those weird little like tricks he does. Yeah. Uh, where yeah, like exactly the background singers say, "Gosh darn!" Like I laugh. The first time I heard that, like I laughed out loud. Yeah. And like and the uh, my fate my uh, probably the, to me like you asked me before like about my you know trajectory of like randy fandom like i think the biggest moment for me was when i heard um and i don't want to devote too much time to other tunes on this record yeah, but that's fine, uh, that's fine. but the um uh, my life is good like there's a turn in the lyrics where you like he's he's ranted and raved for like a at least a verse 
and then you realize like he's still talking to the teacher. Yes. You know? <laughs> like it's like the greatest. I just think that's so funny. It's like so maniacal and funny. I love that. So much. Really yes, it's yes. maniacal. It's the perfect word for it. And I and I would say like the the Miami narrator to me is not like doesn't feel like a sociopath and doesn't feel like um you know just a kind of harmless narcissist with no self-awareness it's like something in between that i think yeah you know? yeah and it, this this is a guy who i he, he he loves the seedy side of town yeah um but it's it it's not like he's it's not like he's the drug dealer here it's not like yeah he's, right 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 he's the, yeah. the 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 circus freak he's just kind of soaking it all in just like he's you know soaking in you know the the sights in the hotel here I was thinking about this today. Is he even a resident of Miami or is he a visitor to Miami? Well, okay. There's been some discussion of that. Um, I, I I found an article from the, uh, from the Miami new times, which I guess is their, their alt weekly. Uh, And the article was the six worst songs ever written about Miami. (laughs) And, and Randy's Miami got number six on it. And basically uh, let, let me just, just, uh, sometimes it feels like randy newman is literally making up songs as he goes <laughs> there's a girl over there with the rhythm everywhere she's a very fine girl <laughs> these lyrics sound like randy wrote them after being woken up at 4 a.m he had <laughs> two minutes to write a song <laughs> and I mean, then, then that's it, fair criticism of those lines I it is. Yeah. randy pulls off the difficult task of sounding like he genuinely loves miami while also sounding like he's never even been here. Huh? Yeah. That's what, out of curiosity, like, do you, do you know what any of the other worst songs about Miami are? Let's I'm see. To... Yeah. I'm looking at here. John Mellencamp's Miami. Don't know that one. Jimmy Buffett. Everybody's got a cousin in Miami. I don't know that one. That one. Although I trouble in paradise. He's leaning hard on the Jimmy Buffett imagery. For sure. Oh God. For sure. Uh, Sander Kleinberg. This is Miami. Uh-huh. LMFAO, I'm in Miami beat. I'm in Miami bitch. It does not sound like it's up my alley that particular. And then you too, Miami. I bet that's bad. I, I bet that's imagine. real bad. Yeah, that's yeah. number one. Well, you know, I was thinking about this uh, as we we're getting this together. I was like, you know, this song, you know, Randy's Miami, is so different from, you know, Will Smith going to Miami. Sure. I, thematically there's a lot going on here there's partying there's girls there's the beach but yeah. it's such a completely different uh just flavor to it uh yeah, I mean, it, yeah it's absolutely. almost like will is riding for the tourism board and 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 randy's you know in the back alley yeah it's hard it, this one's hard to figure out like i i love the um let me think about it I, i'm not seeing the lyrics in the chat but i, I know them pretty well so the 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 first verse about the girl with the rhythm everywhere. She's a very nice girl, et cetera. Like I agree. That one's a little bit of a throwaway maybe. Right. Although I do like, I do like he does like, it's got a kind of like parenthetical. He does this a lot in songs. I feel like where he has a kind of like parenthetical, like emphasis or something. Like he says like, she's, she's uh she's a very fine girl. She's been awfully nice to me or like, or what does he say? Like, it's very nice. It's very special. Very. very. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I like that, you know, that's, I think, pretty good. Um, and then, of course, the the verse about the man from Argentina, I like the, the I mean, the thing that, the line that kills me is like the, uh, 
you know, see that dog he's got there with him. He treats him like it was his little boy. Like that's I such a know. great, you know, yeah. so much about this guy just from seeing that. Absolutely. And, but I have a question. Does, is the lyric, see, the, there's a man over there with, what is the word? He says with the conch in his hair? Is yes. that what he said? C-O-N-K, and, the conch in his hair. Uh, and, and that's like a, a hair relaxant or yeah, something? Yeah, it's, a, it's that lye-based hair relaxer. I always think of that scene in Malcolm X when when he's putting the lie in his hair and oh, yeah, burning sure. his scalp. Yeah, that, sure, sure, sure. Okay, that, that's what it looks like. So you know that is imagery. You know the conch really fell out of fashion in the sixties. Sure, of course. So here yeah. we have this guy in nineteen eighty three that's still wearing the conch. Yeah, um, yeah, and, uh, and he's, he's a, a dog, bad, he's, he's a, a bad dude, boy. man. Yeah, yeah, and he and um, what does he say? He's like a don't look again. It's like the parenthetical thing. Like, don't look now. He's, he's really very bad. <laughs> I just love the way he says that. It's, it's, it's like he's pointing in the mountain and fussing at you for staring at the guy. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's like, don't, yeah, don't look. Um, yeah. He, the narrator to me seems like a, not like a grifter, but kind of right. Like he's like, there's the line about him. He, um, yeah, he, I don't he, know how to, he's, oh, go ahead. Yeah, he's staying with two old stiffs down on the right. waterway. That, that was my that was yeah that was my question. Like, is he staying with the stiffs, or is like are they just like in the neighborhood that he? Lo- but yeah, that's what how I interpret it. Like he he's kind of like maybe like crashing yeah. on the sofa of some old folk older folks. Which, and like which Will Smith nice about Will Smith isn't yeah. doing that. He's staying in a nice hotel. Oh, yeah, but, exactly, exactly. But I, I, I keep thinking guy, like yeah, good. I, I keep thinking you know. Uh, when my kids were younger, we watched uh, Burn Notice a lot, and uh-huh. how uh, Michael Weston just stayed in this this rundown you know, warehouse, abandoned warehouse, and that yeah. was his Miami. And so that's <laughs> what I always thought of. Yeah, I don't I don't know much about the geography of Miami, uh, but he he mentions like Col- Collins Avenue, which I think is like a big street that runs parallel to the ocean or something i don't know well, if it's like right by the ocean or i was what. wondering if that was like uh in i i love la where he's uh, he's pointing out these super mundane streets yeah the crummy highways yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah. could be could be yeah i have some I've, have you ever been to miami no i've never been either it doesn't feel like a place that would interest me much although my like childhood best friend lives there and says nice things about it so but i'm like a boring dad like what am i gonna do you know what i mean yeah. like what am i gonna yeah, we're not going that. clubbing anytime soon, right? No, gosh, no. Uh-uh. One one thing that I didn't make the connection on until I started doing the dates, this came out about a year before Miami Vice. And so really? this this is, and Miami Vice was, was so huge and did so yeah. much for Miami's image yeah. um, that that we have this, this last little gasp of, of Miami before, uh, before all the hype, I suppose. Right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you wonder if it was like a a seedier place or something in general. I mean, most most places in the United States, I feel like, have been on a trajectory away from seediness. Most ur- urban areas, anyway, right? Like right. things gentrified over the last uh, 30, 35 years or whatever, generally speaking. Um, hmm. well, I'm looking up the lyrics here. I want to see what else we got. Um, I, I, a couple of things that, that, that I think are, are, are so odd is how he, when he's hyping the city up, he talks about how the women are so 
impure. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. <laughs> what a crazy <laughs> word to use there. Yeah, yeah. I find myself like, I don't know why, but like I'll be doing the dishes and I'll like sing that line. And like my wife always gets a chuckle out of it. <laughs> like, th- th- thankfully so. You know what right. I mean? I, um, I, think, I think it says a lot about this narrator that, that, that that's the assets he's looking for. Yeah, right. Moment. Exactly. You know, yeah. And the best dope, best dope in the world and it's free. Um, yeah. You get the sense that this guy's like getting a lot of free rides or something, right? Like he's staying, he's staying with these two old stiffs. Yeah, he's like he's getting free dope. He, uh, you know, he's like got he, a girl who treats him nice when he's down yeah. there. He yeah. gets to get to hang out at a hotel. Like I, in my mind, I picture somebody who's like not a guest at the hotel, but just kind of bumming around the pool. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then we get to the line about the double jointed guy, <laughs> uh, which is like I feel like that's like on his level. Like this guy might be pretending to be a high roller to the girl that he's walking around with, but really like, he just wants to be like mugging with the, the double jointed guy from the circus or whatever, you know, this is like one, one of Davy, the fat boy's friends or something. Yeah, that he's exactly. Out with. exactly. There's something a little, like you said menace before. There's something a little menacing about like the couplet, like he's with me now. Like he says, hello. Like it's, it's so, I don't know what that is, but like, I picture like turning around and seeing these two guys all of a sudden, like, I don't, I don't know. Something makes me a little uncomfortable about that line. You know, there, there is some, some truth to that line that a lot of the, 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 the carnies will, will summer down in Miami. Um, is that right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. I've heard that, you know, ba- basically once the state fair circuit is over, everyone yeah. heads down to Miami for the winter and yeah. there's lots of, you know, you know, carnival type stuff going on and and all all those folks uh we we have a, a town here in southern oklahoma that is uh that was a big circus wintering place hmm. and so in fact i've got a, an uncle who was an elephant trainer who, that's how he yeah. ended up in oklahoma <laughs> was, serious yeah because because that that's where the carnies hung out and miami's a big place for that too and you know to to me that means that he's done a little research here. Yeah, it does. He's not feel just that saying, way. "Oh, it's so hot and it's so nice and the hotels are pretty." You know, he's yeah. he's dug, he's dug, not real deep because this character doesn't care about you know the 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 the, the intricacies of drug trafficking or the Miami sure. economy, but but he's he's dug deep enough to 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 find a little bit of the underbelly here. Yeah, it does feel like it's based maybe on a little bit of lived experience or something. Um, the the music in this song is is interesting to me. Like it does a thing that I feel like is all over this record, or at least in a couple of places. Which like it does a kind of like there's that like I don't know what to call it. It's almost like a this like kind of baroque like stomp part where like it goes halftime all of a sudden and it's yeah I guess that uh, that. Da, da, da. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. Like, it's and almost like cor- a half measure there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and on the chorus too, like when it things kind of slow down to half their normal speed, and it's it reminds me of the part in um, I Love LA where he's like, you know, in the video he's like tangoing with the 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 big old nasty redhead or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, like uh, like it's uh, yeah, I don't know how to describe it really, other than like it's it's halftime and it's sort of like sounds like it could be played on a harpsichord or something. <laughs> it's but it's very it's yeah it's interesting and and like this is this is i think um emblematic of the rest of the record production wise in terms of those like synth those synth sounds i was talking about 
Okay. They're kind of like insecty sounding and like, I don't know, very like glossy and like inorganic, I guess is like the word I would use, you know? Yeah. Like some of the earlier records are super organic sounding. Um, and then the, in recent records, you know, uh, Dark Matter and ba- even Bad Love and things like that, they're more sort of organic sounding. Whereas this one is like kind of almost chintzy sounding, you know, like it's got background singers kind of piled on. Like it's it's like 80s excess to me, maybe in a way that like I would not. I don't think I would like that necessarily on other people's records, but for some reason, again, with that juxtaposition between like, you know, of course, like the, the the sort of like devilish, um, you know, like sort of like seedy parts of, of, of Randy's lyric writing, but also just like the intelligence of his lyrics in general, you know? Yeah. There's like a lot to grab onto there in spite of the kind of like his really bright sounds. Um, I don't, I gotta be honest. I don't love like, I like the sparer things maybe in Randy's catalog. I like the sound of those things, but like, I don't love the sound of his records. Totally. Like, I feel like I love him in spite of the sound of his records. (laughs) I've heard I love him in spite of his voice. So I I like, I'm okay with his voice. I mean, I like guys like that, you know, like I like, I grew up my kind of like bread and butter when I was a kid was like more like sort of punk and, and like, um, you know, sort of like, you know, I guess like underground or in indie things where like, you know, maybe singers couldn't necessarily say, like I was a big pavement head, like in high okay. school. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I love Lou Reed and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and D- Dylan, of course, I love Dylan too. So like, I don't, I don't mind the, I don't mind the kind of peculiarity of his voice. It's more the like super um, hi-fi production value and like the sometimes i think he makes like a couple of corny choices with like you know have a guy like play like a guitar solo or even just like a riff that feels very dated or something in retrospect you know yeah that 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 record he did with jeff lynn i i i kind of get a little turned off sometimes with some which one is that again which one did he do that, with jeff lynn? that's um oh the one with the cowboy on the cover god you can tell that season three, I've taken a little break from Randy for a couple <laughs> of months. All right. <laughs> Land of Dreams. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, Interesting. And, you know, he's got Mark Knopfler on one or two tracks on that, doing doing kind of right. a gratuitous guitar. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's always got heavy hitters coming in, right? Like, uh, uh, doesn't Ry Cooter play on some stuff, too? Yeah. Not that yeah. Ry on Cooter songs. Yeah, right. Right, Cooter's on that, and then like um, as we mentioned before, like the Eagles sing, singing backing vocals, and uh, like I like him in spite of the fact that he decided to enlist the Eagles as. <laughs> and like, now, even, well, let me ahead. ask: Have you ever heard yeah. his his songbooks? Yes, I have. I love yeah. that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like that. I mean, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. You know, yeah, um, just real stripped down stuff. Or stripped down. Yeah, I sometimes I think those performances are a little like sometimes they like lack the energy of the original ones. Do you know what I mean? A little right. bit. Cause maybe Randy's a little older and whatever, but, uh, but no, well, I do like, I do like that sort of more unadorned, the sound of that stuff anyway. Well, how, how about that second album we did that, that live album at the bitter end. Do you know that? I one? love that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was heard... listening to that the other day. I was like, you can hear the pedal the entire yeah. time. On I love this, that. Yeah. On this I record. love that. You know, yeah. oddly enough, oddly enough, there's um, 
So have you heard the cover of Miami? Uh, that do, do you know the, the do you know who Hamilton Lighthouser is? You ever heard of that guy? No, no. So he's the singer for that group, The Walkman. Uh, from some years back who uh they were like a new york band they were like when i lived in new york they were they they were active and and an awesome band like super super great all their records are great um but he hamilton the singer has a solo career and he does like i think every year he does a residency at the carlisle hotel which is like where woody allen plays clarinet and stuff like that you oh know? Uh-huh. yeah <laughs> But anyway, so Hamilton Lighthouse, like he recorded a set there and he covered me, he like opened with, or the record, the live record anyway, opens with a cover of Miami and it sounds awesome. Like it's, it doesn't have like a bunch of weird glossy production. Like it's, it's, it's really, really good. And he's got some pipes and it makes it sound great. You should check that out. Yeah. I, cause you know, I was looking for a cover of this for for this week's cover and i couldn't find one anywhere yeah uh, yeah so, i wonder if it maybe it got taken down from maybe it was like you know some things disappear well yeah. <laughs> right this week a lot of things are disappearing from spotify yeah. but well i, I <laughs> i've got a backup for when that comes. there you go okay so, perfect. perfect okay perfect. well it's the moment you've all been waiting for Patrick, yeah. it's finally That's your chance idea. you ready to spin that wheel absolutely all right let me bring this up here Stop. Same girl. Ooh, from the same record. From the same record. Okay, folks, take a minute and listen to same girl. And we will be right back. I gotta say, Dan, we um so my brother, my my younger brother is like uh he's an ins- he's an insanely talented musician and he like does it for a living, right? He's like a okay. he's a rock and roll band like that's that's great and like uh you know like like pretty well known and things like that and he when he was a kid he was he was a he plays guitar now in, in the band and some other things too but he was a drummer when we were kids and uh he would like he was he was always like, the coolest thing about my brother is like he could play like all these different drummers that he admired like he would he's sort of a genius like you give him any any instrument and he'll get great at it in a couple minutes but he was when he played drums like he he played exactly like the guys he liked and he I heard him interviewed on a podcast not so long ago my, my little brother and he was talking about when we were kids we used to go see bands play and he would like if it was a band the drummer like he admired the drummer he would be like my my like my dream here is that like the drummer is gonna like get sick or something and I'm gonna have to fill in like this is <laughs> he was talking about this on a podcast like and so I feel like today, like I, that's my, my equivalent of this is like, like I get to like come in here and like, you know, normally there are, there are high value Twitter users and I'm a very low value Twitter user and very talented <laughs> comedians and things like that. But I'm getting to like step up and like uh, talk about Randy Newman, which I thank you very much. I'm really happy to do it. Well, we're, we're, we're real. I'm really enjoying this one. And uh, yeah, we're, we're glad to have you. All like right. Randy Newman fantasy camp. All right. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> let's do same oh. girl. All right. Where's the damn boys? Where's the damn boys? I love you from your nose to your touch. We are back. It's beautiful. It's actually a it's actually a good counterexample to what I was talking about production wise. That one's not kind of overly wrought or uh full of kind of like synths that like don't date so hot or whatever you know just right. sort of piano and orchestra and randy sounding about as sincere as he as he gets you know yeah pretty close yeah it's dark though it's still dark 
you know? It is dark. You know, I I love Randy's songs that surprise me, and this one surprised me because it's one of those that I, I didn't look at the lyrics for the first eight or nine listens. Sure. And then uh, the really the, the key line in this is one that he almost kind of swallows, and that's a few more holes in your arm. Right, right. No, I you know it's funny that you say that. I had I had never heard that line before. And then yeah. I was looking at I think I was I think in preparation for our talk today, I was like just zipping through some lyrics to see if I could think of any like threads or whatever. And I saw that one and it like it definitely, you know, that's a very like that seems to be a very direct reference to intravenous drug use or something, yeah. right? It's like yeah, and it completely changes the uh, the context of the song once you realize that. Absolutely. It, you know, she's, Absolutely. she's, you know, she's got a problem, but you know, he still loves her. Uh, yeah. And you know, every now and then they're on the street. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, I mean, if he, if he has no experience with these sorts of things, right. Like that, that in particular loving somebody who uh, is a little damaged or something, or has been through, a lot of trauma or, you know, like in wandering boy, like, like whatever is going on with the sort of um, the, the, you know, the youngest son or whatever, like if he, if he doesn't have personal experience with those things, like, man, he really, he really can like reach down and like invent some really beautiful, realistic feeling things. And that's, that's, that's an amazing, like, I think, you know, we've talked when we've been talking this, this, this past little while about the things that I like about Randy, I feel like I talk about like juxtapositions a lot, right? Like sure. chirpy sound of like the, the um, of trouble in paradise versus the kind of like acerbic or acidic lyrics, um, you know, like, and I think like, this is like yet another juxtaposition, like the stuff that's meant to kind of provoke like heavier emotions works so much better when juxtaposed with like all the other kind of like the goofier or like kind of more insane sounding stuff you know yeah because i he goes straight from this into mikey's which is just <laughs> completely unhinged that is about as jarring as you could possibly get Pro- probably like, both ends of intravenous drug use in, in 30 yeah, seconds yeah yeah yeah, and... yeah yeah what i it's funny i i oftentimes if i'm confused by something I often find myself saying, what are we on the moon? Like, (laughs) I I find that to be, I find that to be like a, yeah, that's a useful phrase to use when you're befuddled or whatever. Uh, Uh, He does something on this and and you mentioned it in Miami. I can't remember the the term you use, but in Miami where he just says very. Yeah. 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 Uh, The sort of, I call it parenthetical. Like when I, when I like envision the lyrics, I envision that, coming in a set of parentheses you know what i mean it's almost like an aside kind of yeah and he 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 does it here with this this line the same clear voice that i always and he doesn't finish the line Hmm, that's a weird one it's i i almost like he's breaking down i love that yeah yeah isn't that clever that's i i wouldn't think to do that yeah 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 oh man i love that that's really great i didn't notice that one either that's Um, great yeah. Hey, I, and listeners, do us a favor here. Um, that apparently the song is used in in HBO's Euphoria, and neither <laughs> Patrick or I have, have ever seen that. If if you know the connection there, please drop us a line and let us let us know what's going on there. Um, All maybe, I know is it's like about it's like about it's like sexy high school kids, right? Oh well, you know, 
then then Ed, that's right up my alley because that <laughs> I was gonna say that's, you might that's to so edit, relatable to that. You might have to edit you might have to edit that phrase out actually. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that phrase is gonna hold up so hot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I can already see me uh pinning an apology in Google Notes. There you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might need a bump you might need a bumper for that one. Like Dan doesn't talk about uh <laughs> Yeah, if, if if you can if you can record something for me, we'll get it on there. There you go, perfect. <laughs> deal. Well, it is time for this week's cover, and I right. uh, help me out. I'm not finding this Hamilton Lighthouser. Oh, I sent. I actually just i i <laughs> sent it to you uh, via direct message on Twitter. Actually, okay. Well, let's do it that one. You have? Do you have? I mean, like, can we even? Can we say if you have Spotify or not? It's sort of uncool to have it this week, but well, yeah, actually, you, you know, I'm Anchor is my publisher, so yeah. Oh, I'm, yeah. there you go. Okay, we okay. Can say no so, more. Yeah, here it is. Your voice, you sound like a woman. You, you sound like the girls that sang on "How Deep Is Your Love." That was my brothers and I. Nice. Oh, nice. Wow. There you go. That was so. Gosh darn good. Pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, no, he, he definitely tri- like, he definitely like, uh, they definitely lean into that, uh, kind of chorus halftime part. It sounds awesome. Yeah. Well, he sure tricked me with that first verse. So I was like, yeah, right. I know. It's a little sleepy at first, right? Yeah. It, oh, well, okay. it, but it worked. Man, that yeah. was good. Yeah. No, he's great. He's like, Hamilton Lighthouse is like worth, worth your time, worth checking out. And the Walkman oh. is great too. And, uh, I got to, actually give a shout out to my 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 friend a friend of mine pete bauer who's also in the walkman who also has an excellent excellent couple of solo records um he records under the name peter matthew bauer and he definitely like has some randy i i detect like some some randy newman influence in his stuff and it's really really good he was a bass player in the walkman and maybe played keyboards i think later on but yeah peter matthew bauer you should check that stuff out too wow i'm doing it right now awesome all right all right patrick that's it thank you so much for doing this what's oh thank the, you Dan. what's the best place for folks to get hold of you uh well gee for music stuff you know it's if you search young writers in any of your kind of any platform that you happen to like whether um cool or uncool you, know, <laughs> you can find it anywhere um and then there's a Bandcamp site, which is youngwriters.bandcamp.com. The record is free. You can download it for $0. Um, and yeah, that, that's a good place. Excellent. Well, we will encourage everyone to do that. Because Cheers. Man, Patrick, you've been a great guest. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Dan. Awesome talking to you. Well, that's another episode of Wheel of Randy. Thanks for listening. We are part of the Good Trash Media Network. Check out our sister podcasts, Good Trash Genre Cast, and The Praise Down. You know, I wonder if anyone listens all the way to the end. Let's find out. I have hidden a dollar bill at the following location. What three words location? Begun dot normal dot vote it's yours for the taking all right see you next time bye spin the wheel of randy